0: glass of orange juice in her hand rona's instant annoyance was tinged with a sense of betrayal she would have words with magda the fact that the summing up was more or less accurate was of little comfort tony crane hastily intervened please don't think we've been discussing you he said though they clearly had it's just that someone mentioned your articles in chiltern life Magda told us she knew you, and that while writing them, you'd solved a murder, and the killer proved to be someone she knew. Over the last months, Rona had been researching the history of Buckford, the county town, whose octocentenary was imminent. When she made no comment, Crane added, There's a souvenir binder for them with this month's edition. How many are you planning to do? About half a dozen, I think. Each on a different aspect? That's right. I've done most of the research now. It's just a question of writing it up. I enjoyed the one on the town's earliest beginnings. It must be absorbing, digging out all the facts and so on. It is, yes. He hesitated. Will the murder feature in any of them? No, said Rona shortly. It isn't relevant. Zara moved impatiently, and they both turned to her. Her eyes were on Rona, and there was sudden tension in them. Do you ever do research just for interest, with no thought of publication? Rona gave a short laugh. (laughs) I'm not that high-minded. As any journalist will tell you, everything is grist to the mill. It's how we make our living, after all. But say you were paid for it, Zara persisted. Then you wouldn't be out of pocket, but it would remain a, a private commission. Tony Crane said smoothly, There's something we'd like to find out, and we were wondering if, with all your contacts and so on, you might be able to help. Rona shook her head. That's not my brief, I'm afraid, but there are agencies you can approach. So you wouldn't help unless you could publish the results, Zara pressed. That's not quite, Rona began, but Zara was pursuing her line of thought. I hadn't thought it through, but I suppose... Look, we can't discuss it here. Could we meet somewhere so I can explain more fully? Rona hesitated, not wanting to become involved, and Zara... "'possibly misinterpreting her reluctance, added contritely. "'I'm sorry if I was tactless just now about your lifestyle. "'You asked what Magda has said, but it came out wrong, "'not at all the way she put it.' "'Rona smiled. "'It was fair comment,' she conceded. "'Then could we meet for coffee? "'I really think our project would interest you.' "'It sounds most mysterious.' "'What does?' "'Gavin had come up and slipped an arm round Rona's shoulders.' In the other hand, he held a bottle of wine from which he topped up Tony and Rona's glasses. Zara flushed again. Just something I want to discuss with her. Well, any mystery you need solving, Rona's definitely a girl. He squeezed her shoulder. Now, if these two will excuse us, I'd like you to meet someone who'd make an ideal subject for one of your biographies. Zara said quickly, Oh, but we... Rona extracted a card from her bag and handed it over. Give me a ring, she invited and allowed herself to be piloted across the room in the circle of Gavin's arm. "'So, who do you want me to meet?' she asked him. He laughed. "'That was just an excuse. I thought you needed rescuing. "'And there I was, thinking you'd found a new subject for me. "'Are you considering another biography? Seriously? "'I thought your last experience might have put you off.' "'Rona's recent venture in that field had resulted in murder.' "'To be honest, I'm not sure what to do next,' she admitted.' I'm coming to the end of the Buckford Articles, and though Barney has put forward a few ideas, nothing really grabs me. Immersing myself in a biography might be the answer, if I can find the right subject. A shrill of laughter reached them, emanating from the short woman with whom Max was still conversing. Max seems in good form, Gavin commented. It's an age since we saw him. What's he doing with himself these days? Actually, he's working on a portrait, his first for years... The local constituency has commissioned one of our MP. James Latimer, well, well, he is going up in the world. Where will they hang it? The Palace of Westminster? Rona smiled. More likely the Association office. The conversation was ended by Magda's announcing the food was ready, and Rona moved with everyone else into the dining room, where the table was spread with a delectable selection of savouries. It was half an hour later that, in search of a glass of water, she came across Magda, alone in the kitchen, removing some minute pastries from the oven. At just under six foot, she was an imposing figure with her jet-black hair and large, heavy-lidded eyes, inherited from her Italian mother. "'Hi,' she greeted Rona. "'Everything OK?' "'Now that you mention it,' Rona asked lightly, taking a glass from the cupboard and filling it at the sink. "'I've a bone to pick with you.' "'Why, what have I done?' Magda asked with scant interest, "'sliding the pastries from the oven tray onto a plate. "'Divulged my marital arrangements, apparently, to total strangers.' "'Magda turned to stare at her. "'What on earth are you talking about?' "'A young couple through there, who were at Gavin's office, do.' "'Oh,' her face cleared. "'We were discussing your articles, "'and they seemed interested in you for some reason, "'and asked a few questions. "'I didn't betray any secrets, though.' Everything I told them was common knowledge. "'That Max and I don't live together,' Rona challenged her. "'I'm sure I didn't put it like that. But you don't, do you? All the time.' Rona didn't argue the point. "'Anyway,' she said, leaning against the counter and sipping her water, "'do you know anything about them?' "'The Cranes? Nothing. I've only met them the once at Palmer and Faraday's Silver Jubilee.' Gavin says the man, whatever his name is, is quite promising, and since he'd invited the rest of his team, he didn't want this guy to feel left out. What do they want from you, anyway? From what I gathered, they'd like me to undertake some investigation or other. I declined, but the girl, Zara, still wants us to meet, to discuss whatever it is. Gavin put his head round the door. Sorry to break up the tête-à-tête, but I thought you were bringing the sausage rolls. Magda picked up the plate. Just coming, she said. "'So, what's the verdict?' Rona asked Max as they drove home. "'Not bad, as these things go, but give me a dinner party any day, "'where you can sit down in comfort instead of standing around all night like a spare part. "'Not to mention having to cope with a glass while balancing food on those flimsy plates.' "'Nevertheless, you seemed to be enjoying yourself,' she said dryly. "'Did you by any chance speak to that young couple?' "'No, I didn't come across them. Why?' They want me to look into something for them. I was pretty discouraging, though. With luck, I shan't hear from them again. Incidentally, Magda told them we don't live together. He gave a short laugh. Ha! There's friendship for you. Did you disabuse them? No, I didn't see why I should explain myself to strangers. Anyway, as Magda pointed out when I tackled her, it's partially true. You do sleep at Farthing's three nights a week after your classes. "'because when I didn't, you'd either gone to bed by the time I came home "'or were burning the midnight oil, meeting deadlines. "'I know that, and you know that, and so does everyone else that matters.' "'And, Rona reflected privately, "'the space given by the arrangement made their marriage all the stronger.' "'Max grunted and drew into the curb, "'thankful to find a space almost opposite the gate. "'The tall Georgian houses in Lightbourne Avenue were not blessed with garages.' and Rona's car was kept in one of a custom-built row in an adjacent street. Being so near the centre of town, she seldom used it anyway. Although the day had been warm, the night air felt chill as they walked together up the short path to the door. Gus, their long-haired retriever, was awaiting them in the hall, and Max resignedly took down his lead. "'I won't be more than ten minutes,' he said, and went back down the steps, the dancing dog at his side." Rona went down to the basement kitchen and laid the table for breakfast. The clock on the wall showed 11.30, but she felt wide awake. Beyond the glass door, the patio garden lay hidden beneath the reflection of the kitchen, its bright yellow walls giving the impression of sunlight. She leaned her head on the glass, watching her doppelganger copy her. Discussion of the Buckford Articles, together with the return to Barrington Road, had brought Catherine Bishop sharply to mind and instead of banishing the thought of her as she usually did, she let her mind drift back. It had been the vicar Gordon Breen who, on Rona and Max's first visit to Buckford, had mentioned Mrs Bishop as someone who might be of help, since she'd researched the history of several local schools. She'd been headmistress to one of them, but had since retired to Marsborough, Rona's hometown, and was, it later transpired, a customer at her father's bank. What's she like? she had asked him eagerly. I've hardly spoken to her, her father replied, but she seemed quiet and unassuming. It was a sentence Rona had mentally replayed many times over the last couple of months. Considering how large Mrs Bishop loomed in her mind, it was hard to realise that they'd met only once, when, at her invitation, Rona had called at her bungalow. And she'd liked her so much, Rona reflected bitterly. Though not conventionally attractive, The older woman had an air of stillness, of being at home in her skin, that was both charming and reassuring. Rona had felt relaxed.